Here we go, here we go. Welcome to Police Pod Talk. Whoop, whoop, it's the police. Don't look in your rearview mirror. This podcast covers the latest police news, along with hitting the hot topics you've been talking about all week. I'm your host, Cleveland. Thank you for joining us. Hey folks, welcome back again to Police Pod Talk. This week we're at it again and I've got a special guest with me today. I'll be speaking with Blake Egley. Blake is here this morning. Blake, you can say hello to the people out there. Hey, how are we doing today? <laughs> All righty. That way we can get started. Blake is here to talk about a friend of his by the name of Cody Rose. Cody is a friend of Blake's and Blake wants to explain how he knows him, how they became friends and all the good stuff. And tell us exactly what's going on. Blake, thank you for being here today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. So basically back, it's been April of 2022. Uh, Cody Rose and I had been uh, living together. We were friends. Um, We had a companionship. And Cody was a um, person that was fighting a couple things in his life. He was obviously dealing with some mental issues. He was a recovering addict. Um, he had come up to Fort Wayne basically to take a couple places on that would help him work and get his life back together. Um, during that time, uh, a friend of mine that owns a company here in Fort Wayne introduced Cody and me to him, and that's how we got to know each other. Um, Cody needed some some good people in his life, and 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 my buddy said, hey, you guys need to go hang out together. Cody knows nobody around here. So um, in the process of that, Cody and I became very close pretty quick because he didn't really know anybody. Through things, he was slowly getting his life together. He had been clean for basically eight months. Um, he had been working at a good job. And at that time, we were, you know, we were just basically enjoying time together, enjoying life together. He... Fighting uh, an addiction is a disease along with mental health, and I think he just, he had so many demons from his past that he was fighting and fighting and fighting. April the 22nd, Cody had, uh, at that, the day, the day of April 22nd, Cody had went out and used drugs. He came back, and he had this thing when he did use, he would take off on foot for a couple days, one to two, sometimes longer. Don't know where he went. He wanted to be alone. He walked. He he never drove. He always drove back home, dropped the vehicle off, and take for a walk. At that point, he took off on foot approximately about two o'clock in the morning. You know, his mom and I had been in contact with each other, and he decided that you know, it's going to be, we were like, okay, we'll hear from him in a couple days. Two days later, I got a text message while I was working, and basically he was wanting a ride to be picked up. I told him, you know, I can't, I'm at work, I can't leave work, hit me up after work. From that point on, Cody was no longer seen or heard of since then. I got to back you up a little bit here. How long had he been in Fort Wayne? At that point, he had been in Fort Wayne close to eight months. Eight months. And w- do you remember where he came from? He actually came from Lafayette, Indiana. All right. And you guys became friends because a friend connected you guys and it just clicked. Correct. Okay. You you mentioned that he was on drugs. I know someone's probably thinking, well, what was he uh, addicted to? Do you remember? He was actually addicted to meth. 
And was that something you were helping him through, or did he not talk to you about it? We, I actually helped him through a lot of it. Um, I had some friends locally with some good resources that he had met through his recovery. Um, and I actually joined him at some of the meetings. Um, I went to a couple things on my own to learn to deal with an addict, to learn to be, you know, to be around someone and mm-hmm. to show signs. And that was his thing. I, I was very supportive in him getting help and learning really what really addiction teaches you mm-hmm. and, and what you can and learn from from it. It's, it's, it's crazy. You know, people hear addiction and they, they instantly go, you know, to one way. And it's like, until you learn about it, you don't really know what addiction is because addiction is a wide thing. It could be many things. Right. So you were learning this while you were with him. Correct. Okay. You said it was a two days. He called you. You said you couldn't pick him up. Correct. And then there was a two day gap and you heard nothing. Well, basically, so he went He went missing on the 22nd. Okay. Two days later, he had sent me a text asking, can you pick me up? Okay. And at that point, I, you know, I'm at work. I can't leave. Right. So he, at that point, I said, call me after work, text me after work. And then we heard nothing from then. Nothing. Nothing. Okay. Then what happened? You go with this gap. Did you call the police? It, you know, his mom and I were in contact. She knew how he was with this situation. So we were like, well, let's give it a couple days. Mm-hmm. A couple days turned into a week. And then by the second time, it was like, okay, we got to do something. So his mom and sister at the time in Lafayette tried to do a missing persons report. And you have to be basically in person to do that with the okay. police department. Right. They asked me to go fill one out. I had no problem doing that. So that's, you know, I went in and it was basically almost a week and a half, close to two weeks after he, initially we didn't hear from him. So no no clue from where he was last seen. I mean, the last thing we got is him leaving my house in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. Um, From that point, no. The other part of it being that part of the report was he had a, I call it a burner phone. Okay. So my understanding is with burner phones, they're not as easy to trace which is why they're so cheap and you know they okay. don't they don't have really direct connect to a to a regular cell tower they use a, a someone else's towers to run off of so okay so you guys are going almost a week hearing nothing nothing everybody's just talking to each other did you start a search party or anything at that point i had been out looking you know, it was one of those things. It's kind of like one of those, I kind of know where sometimes he would hang out. I'd right. go there. I actually talked to his boss. I talked to the company that hired him. No, I mean, he never showed up for work. You know, I text a few people that he knew here locally. Nobody. I mean, and at that point, we were kind of like, okay, what's going on here? Something's happened. Where would you even start a search? There is, it's, it's crazy. There is no... I, I, I went back to where are places that he might want to go, places mm-hmm. that he liked going. He loved Promenade Park, so I drove down there. I walked down there, you know, and at that point, people were telling me, well, maybe you should walk along the river. Maybe you should check here, you know. So it just kind of started a, you know, in my head, it was kind of like there's something, something's missing here, and it just started a, a, a thing for me where it was like I got to find him. Okay. Something's going on here. So what did you do? Come on. <laughs> so I actually went in. Um, I filed a missing persons report with the Fort Wayne Police Department. And at that point, you know, they sat me down, talked to me, and we filed it. I talked to his mom about it. You know, that's when they said this is what they can and can't do because him being an adult, 
they they knew his circumstance. Um, he did have a past, which they can see. So at that point, I was just kind of like, all right, you guys can do what you got to do, but I got to do what I got to do. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I started, you know, like searching, okay, let's post on Facebook, let's post on the internet. And at that point, I got in touch with Stacy from Java. Um, she was actually introduced for me from a coworker of mine. I asked Stacy, you know, what can I do? You know, what can you guys do to help me? And Stacy was very helpful. Um, she gave me some ideas. They kind of stepped in and said, what do you need? Let's make flyers. Let's, you know, let's start this. And at that point, I'm like posting constantly on Facebook, left, right, left, right, you know, pushing it out, pushing it out, spending nights and evenings and mornings driving around, going to the shelters, checking the hospitals. I mean, there's only so much information a hospital or a recovery center can give you. Um, I actually know his therapist privately, and I went to her. She kind of like reached out to people she knows, people even in the police department, and said, you know, we'll look for this situation. We want to find him. You're putting in a lot of man hours. A lot of man hours. And a lot of sleepless nights. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, so was there a crew? I mean, again, I'm going to go back. You don't even know where to start. None. No idea. It's not like you can say, okay, he last saw right here getting on a bus or in a car right here. Right. So you're just going blindly somewhere, hoping that. Now, while you're putting out all these leads and things on Facebook, were people contacting you? The only contact I was truly getting was from people that that know me um, Mm -hmm. and that said, you know, what's going on, asking questions, you know, is there anything we can do? There were people reaching out that I didn't know that were asking, hey, what about this? What about that? Could he have done this? Could he have done that? And there were a lot of people trying to, like, you know, give me ideas, give me thoughts. Um, And at that point, you really, it's kind of hard to stay focused because you've got so much information coming in. Right. And yet you have to, you just have to follow your, what your heart feels and your gut feels. Um, I, I, at that point was very, um, I was in a different world. I became in a different person because I had my own, I had my life, my work life. But when I left work, you know, I took off in my uniform and I was doing something else. You know, I would drive around, I would walk around. I, I went to the homeless shelter probably the first week twice thinking, you know, um, I went to a couple places in town where I probably shouldn't have been, asking some questions, you know, sending some pictures out saying, you know, have you seen him? Can you help me? And nothing. Nothing. So to this day, with all the stuff you put out there, have you received anything solid? Nothing. Zero. And no leads, nothing, period. Okay, so someone listening going, okay, who are we supposed to be looking for? I mean... <laughs> Where do we look? Where do we start looking? You said he walked away. He went on foot. No clue where he was heading. Right. You know, the the first place I did look is he worked out by the airport. I drove out there. And at that point, that's when I talked to his boss. And I said, do you care if I walk around your property? Because in the back of them, they have like field on the backside. And it's close to the airport. And he goes, no. He goes, and they actually put a flyer up at work and said, you know, Cody's missing. What can we do to help you? I did. I started walking around the airport area that I knew that, you know, you think. But it was kind of like every time you would go and think something, you'd get there and it would be like, it was, it wasn't like a dead end, but it was like you weren't finding anything. Right. So it left you like, well, what if? Well, what if that, you know? And then you would move on to the next thing, you know? Now we're talking today. 
Have you heard anything in the last week? I've heard nothing, period. Okay. So if someone's listening out there, what would you want them to know? I mean, what? Tell us about Cody. I mean, I mean, where would he like to go? What are the things he'd like to do? Cody was, when he was clean and off of the meth, he was a very loving, kind person. He would make, he would make a room laugh. He would make everybody smile. He was a very helpful person, very loving person. He cared a lot about people. Put more people in first instead of himself. He was so fun to be around. Him and his mother had this relationship where you would kind of laugh, but some people would go, what? I mean, because they would joke with each other to the point where, like, are you guys related? Or what's? <laughs> they were more like best friends, really. Right, right. He, the funny thing about Cody that, that I the, – the one thing I do remember is he had this silly wave that we called, and it almost looked like if you ever seen the Mercedes-Benz with a single windshield wiper – it goes all the way over and all the way back. Right, right, right. He had this wave that he did, and it's like, I've never seen someone wave like that. And he did it to make people laugh. Mm-hmm. You know, he would walk in a room with full of people or nobody, and he would do that, and you would just laugh because that's who he was. Right. Yeah. So no activity like on a credit card, debit card, or nothing, nothing on Facebook. He hasn't popped up anywhere. He had a couple Facebook accounts, and we followed, and I had a couple people, you know, like through his friends that were like, talk, try to talk. I mean, it was like he just, in my opinion, he literally disappeared. I mean, and there's nothing. Did he have family? His family's down in Lafayette, Correct, yes. Could he have been walking that direction? You know, is it possible? Yeah. His mom and him were really close. The rest of his family... Because of some things in the past, they just, it's family, you know. Mm-hmm. Family has their own their own things. So. Right. So which is, I'm just going to pick out it, which is saying, are they not helping? <laughs> this situation is uh, interesting. Um, his mom, like I said, being a best friend, and his mom, you know, she loves him dearly. She misses him dearly. She has limited resources, what she can and can't do. So her resources were kind of limited. She did come up here, and there was a few. There was a news interview done. There was a day with Java that they we passed out flyers a- across the city. Some of his family members, I believe, have been up here. Not direct family. I think his sister, but brothers and stuff. No, aunts and and uh, aunts and like cousins have come up to help out. So okay, okay I'm going to ask this question here. Remember, we we talked prior, right? Have you ever tried to figure out who was maybe supplying him his drugs and maybe have a conversation with them? I spoke with the detective on the case, and I had given this person a couple ideas, thinking maybe you should check this situation out. But the whole thing of that is it's, it's kind of like, do I know these people do this stuff? Um, I have a pretty good idea that they do. He had had interactions with some of these people. I had sent messages directly to him on Facebook or on Facebook Messenger and said, you know, have you seen him? Have you talked to him? And no response, which, I mean, you know, not everybody responds to messages on Facebook, especially if you're not friends or, you know, some people don't even check their messages, I think, sometimes. Right. I never got anything. I did speak with someone um, at one point that... um, Knows a lot of people that in that 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 does drugs. I should say, and I just ask him. You know, have you seen this guy? Have you seen anything? Do you know anything? Because I said, 
I get it. You don't want to talk, but you can talk to people without, you know, talking to me. You know, you can go to the police and talk. You can remain anonymous. You can do whatever you need to do, but this has got to get out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, this person, it, I mean, he's a person. He's a human being. He's loved and he's missed me. And so. so it's been a year. It's been over a year. Over a year. Are you still putting flyers out, still hitting Facebook? and? So the Facebook thing I've kind of kept on. Um, we added, we did a bunch of flyers last year. And strangely enough, some of the flyers came down. I contacted uh, the right-of-way through the city department and found out, you know, certain flyers can be hang on certain poles and certain poles you can't hang stuff on. Right. Um, But the lady did tell me people have to literally call in and complain for them to go out and yank them down. Um, She told me at that point she had not heard anything, but she says we don't literally go out, pull stuff off of poles unless we notice it's pretty, you know, serious. Mm -hmm. The Facebook thing I've kind of pushed on, push on, and push on and push off some days. Um, I had done some podcasts before on YouTube through another guy who was actually over in Illinois, I believe. Um, And he kind of sent a couple things out. But it's kind of like, I feel like it's, you know, I took a a breath over a few months and and was kind of like trying to get myself back to to me because this just becomes part of your life and it feels like your life slows down, but everybody keeps going. So I get to a point where I'm like, I have to sit back, take a breath, you know, take a breathe and, and, and keep going. To this day, and, and I've told his mother this, um, my goal is to find find out what happened to him or find him, one of the two. So so you're really just in a, a limbo right now. Yeah. You're just waiting. Waiting. Because there's really nothing you can do. No. You can look and look and look and spend hours of doing it. I've mm-hmm. done it. It gets to a point where it's like you don't find anything, you don't hear any clues, and that's the hard part when you don't get anything. You wonder, you know, the scenarios that go through your head. Could it be this? Could it have been that? You know? Right. But you do it because in your heart and your gut, it's telling you, you got to do this. You got to do something. Yep. Yeah. So how did you get, you told me you got connected with these Java sisters and how they're kind of helping out. How has that helped you out uh, mentally? Mentally, um, you know, like I said, I met Stacy first. It was just nice having someone to talk to. At that point, meeting everybody else, um, I actually got to meet Dee. And having someone that has gone through a missing person situation is better, honestly, than going to a therapist because they understand truly what you're going through. And it's not that anybody doesn't have compassion there, but until you go through a certain situation, whether it's a homicide, a missing person, or anything, it's hard to say, I know how you're feeling. But when someone's went through it, they totally understand it. And Dee and I have become pretty close over this because we can talk to each other about it. And it's kind of like an even thing. But Java kind of made me feel like, okay, someone else cares. And right. that is huge when you're going through anything, um, especially uh, a missing person, the loss of somebody or anything. They, You felt support. Mm-hmm. And it, you didn't feel like you were alone. And not that I was alone, but it was like someone else is out there is fighting for, for Cody. Okay, you got you're gonna have people listening. Okay, what do you want to tell them? You know, it's been all it's been a year and a half, basically a little more. I know if you know something, all I ask is that you say something. Cody's someone's child, someone's friend. A lot of people love Cody. I mean, his coworkers still call and ask me if you heard anything. If you know something, say something. If you've seen something, say something. Even the littlest thing can be 
major can say any little thing, you know, hey, I saw him walking here or, hey, I saw him driving here or, you know, whatever. It, anything can, it can fix, it can and put puzzle pieces together. You know, when you have no puzzle pieces, it's hard to put something together. So it's, it's kind of like, like we have open arms, but we're not getting any input. And, and that's kind of where I feel, just, just speak up. You don't have to be, you can stay anonymous. There are anonymous tip lines on Java. Um, you can contact the Fort Wayne Police Department, you know, say what you got to say or talk to anybody. I know someone sitting there going, well, you've said all this stuff, but you never said what he looked like. Give us a description head to toe. Okay. And, and any tattoos now. You okay. Know, come on. <laughs> Cody was uh, approximately like 6'6", six, six, um, 175 pounds, brown hair, hazel eyes. Um, he had multiple tattoos. The main tattoo on his chest was 1990. He had a tattoo on his arm of a bear. He sometimes wore glasses. Um, he sometimes didn't wear glasses. Um, he kind of combed his hair to the side. He had a muscular build, um, so he was pretty good shape because he worked out a lot. The tattoos would kind of like really give it away. Like I said, the chest has a huge 1990 on it, the bear on the arm. No tattoos down the leg or in the back that you can remember? He had another tattoo, I think, on the other arm. I'm not really sure what it was, but no, there's nothing on the mm -hmm. legs that I remember now. Okay. He didn't walk with a limp or anything? Nope. Okay, just checking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Blake Egley, I really appreciate you coming in, taking the time to talk about Cody Rose, and I hope that someone listening can help you. I mean, it's been over a year. Yep. And like you said, they just people just don't disappear. No. Okay. And someone's got to know something or has seen him and maybe didn't even think anything of it. Right. And then hear your description. They go, well, wait a minute, that guy works at such and such place. That'd be nice to hear, right? Yes. Right. So we're hoping that something happens. But Blake, thank you very much for taking your time. Am I forgetting to ask you anything that you may want the, the listeners to know? No, I, I do want to throw in this. Um, like I said, you know, just we've done a lot of things, but I mean, anybody that can say or see anything is, is huge, period. That's, that's, a, that's a major thing. There you go. Blake, Egley, thank you very much. I appreciate your time. And folks, we really appreciate you listening to Police Pod Talk, and we will catch you again next week. Thanks again for hanging out with us. Remember, you can always go to policepodtalk at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook at Cleveland Junior or Police Pod Talk. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. <laughs>